When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Round of two for golf at Club Mandalay and a double pass to the CF4 Stakes to give away before the show finishes at 12 o'clock today. Our next guest has been good enough to come on. He's the head guy, the head honcho from Champion Data. And during the week, they released their rankings. As as we tend to do, it's good news because it means the footy season isn't too far away, but it always causes a stir. And this year was no different with the elite player rankings. Daniel Hoyne from Champion Data joins us. Hoyne, thanks for your time, buddy. G'day, Kane. There you go. I know uh, you released these to the media. You've probably had them at your disposal for some time now, and it's probably ongoing week to week with you, but you release them officially to the media, and then I guess you sit back and you hold your breath and you wait for a barrage of criticism and debate. Is that how it goes? <laughs> no, pretty much spot on, Kane. No, it's all good fun. Um, yeah. I mean, there's... I think, you know, I think me and you have had this conversation before. There's, um, I think when anyone does any form of list um, sort of, you know, rating at all, you know, whether that's Robbo's top 50 or, mm. or this or, you know, whoever that is, it always creates great debate. And that's why, uh, that's why we enjoy it, I, I guess. And I do like the fact that you always front up and, and explain the system. So for those that would just look at this list and they would see, I don't know how many it was in the end, 20-odd elite players in the comp, they think, well, how does that work? How does it work? Because they're ranked against their position. They're not a ranked against, you know, a midfielder's not ranked against a, a tall defender. Can you just explain quickly how you um, come to these decisions? Yeah, so basically what these ratings are, yeah, so this, this is just based purely on the 2020 season. Um, so it compares, compares position against position, if you like. So the top 10% of players in each position um, get categorised um, in the elite bracket. The top 11 to 35% get categorised in the above average bracket and so on from there. So um, it's, it, it's, been, um, it's been our method, um, if you like, for, for a number of years now. There's a more, um, you know, there's a more in-depth sort of, you know, calculator formula, um, you know, that we've been sort of, you know, working behind the scenes on over the last couple of years to sort of, you know, be able to compare players um, across, um, across, across each position um, mm. rather than just by position by position. But the shortened game time last season um, just um, unfortunately just threw our data out. So we had to just keep it really simple this year and just base it all on 2020 um, data and just, um, and just position by position. So there's a couple of players that caused a stir. We might we might just work through a couple of those if we can. Uh, pr- probably the biggest one was was Mason Cox. And if you if you look at his numbers, just the basic numbers of it, you know, a, a goal just over per game, six possessions, three marks, half a tackle. Um, how did that spit out that he was elite? Can you explain that in part for us? Yeah, so that's um, yeah, so that's a really interesting one um, on our end. So these ratings are based off the AFL player ratings, and what mm. 
And what that does, that takes into account um, how you win it, where on the ground you win it, and what you do with it. So it's really measuring impact, if you like. Mm. So, you know, players that are winning the ball in contested possessions in a dangerous part of the ground and then rated really highly as opposed to those that are winning uncontested, going sideways or lateral or not really having that impact, um, you know, from a positive sense. Um, And the other thing, too, is accuracy. Accuracy, um, you know, gets gets treated um, you know, harshly, if you like, either, either in a, um, a positive sense or a negative sense. So Mason Cox, um, he, his accuracy last year, I think, was the second or third best in the competition. Mm. He doesn't win too much of his ball, but when he does, it's contested possessions. And because he plays in that as that key forward, it's, it's contested possessions in dangerous parts of the ground. Um, but then more to the point is just his accuracy in front of goal um, was so was so strong last year that his ratings um, these you know these ratings get increased. So um, you know knowing the formula, you know you can look at a Mason Cox and and um, and absolutely you know people would be surprised. I was surprised as well. Um, but then sort of you know understanding the formula, um, you know, whether or not you agree with it or not, mm. it's a different story. But um, but that was the reason. I mean if he's if he's accurate, he dropped back to the AFL average. Um, yeah, you know, given that he doesn't win too much um, of the ball, his rating would slip down, um, you know, quite dramatically as well. I think that understands it reasonably well. Um, the, the other one for me, I, I've watched Zach Fisher play from car, and every time I watch him play, uh, this guy could be could be anything. Now, we would all agree he hasn't put it together consistently. Still relatively young in his footy career, but he's come out as elite, and some Carlton fans will think, well, yeah, there's there's talent there, and. Yeah, some of the things he does, no one else can do. But elite, what what are the standout positives to his game? So he's he's ground ball play, if you like, in the fourth half of the ground is um is probably his number one asset. Um, you know, and probably was his number one asset. Um, if you like, last year he was the second best ground ball player inside fifty in the competition last year. So again, if you get back to that model of um, you know you know winning the ball, how you're winning it, and mm. and if you're winning it in dangerous areas, he's winning it at ground level in the front half of the ground, which is really hard to do. Um, and then, you know, his, his pressure side um, of the game is actually quite strong um, and averaging 13 disposals for his, for his position on, on top of how he's actually winning it um, is the reason why he actually rated so so highly um, in mm. these ratings. Yeah, we could go through a number of individuals. I guess for me, the, the most glaring omission, and you've probably explained it already, is that it was just based on 2020. He didn't have a great year, but for me, Toby Green's an elite player and I, I can't you know, stomach that he's not, but based on the fact that it was this year, I thought he was targeted heavily from the opposition. He had some injury concerns, only played the 13 games, but you'd expect Toby Green to jump back in. I did notice that the Giants had five or six rated elite last year and just the one this year. So they probably suffered the most out of any one team. Yeah, no, spot on, Kane. So I mean, if we if if we had had our formula, which takes into account a, a three year period, if you mm. like, there's no um, there's no question that Toby Green um, would have been rated elite. I think he's one of the best. I think he's been one of the highest rated small forwards um, since 2016, since he moved into that um, into that small forward role. And if you look at what he did up until about round six or seven this year, um, after that Richmond game, he was the number one rated small forward in the competition. Um, and then, yeah, I think you know a few things of you know probably mainly injury, if you like. He only kicked, you know, kicked three goals in his next seven games um, mm. to finish the season. So, but I mean, yeah, if we if we take that three year sample like we usually do prior to this year, um, you know, there's no question that he's rated in that um, elite bracket as well.
Daniel Horn joins us from Champion Data. I want to move on from the elite ratings. It was, it was out a couple of days ago, and, and I think people get a little bit tired of it. And as you've explained pretty well, it, it's subjective and it's based on a one-season formula. Can I move to the trends of the game, like, a, and how stats have evolved? Um, you know, I remember back when I was playing, we used to put a heavy emphasis on how many inside fifties you got, and and that was an indicator of whether you win or lose. It, it's not that anymore. We used to put an emphasis on clearances and just the total number of clearances one now teams and you probably don't care much about clearances and inside 50s anymore it's the depth of the inside 50 it's whether you're scoring from those stoppages and what you're doing how's it evolved the game over the last couple of years i think it's um i think i think now that we're you know we've got the ability to be able to you know dig deeper if you like into into exactly what's happening um you know in, in the game whereas you know probably 10 15 years ago it was really at a at a superficial level if you like so it, it, it's it's basically you know how how you score and how and how you actually defend the opposition so it's as you just said there you know you know from the clearance point of view Winning the clearances is really important to be able to, you know, gain that territory, um, you know, advantage if you like, and that's been so important over the last, you know, best part of a decade now is being able to play the game in your forward half. But being able to get the return um, on the scoreboard if you like, and we saw with Port Adelaide, Port Adelaide have been able to play a really strong forward half game for a number of years, but they haven't been able to get the return on the scoreboard from that dominance as what they did last year, um, mm. if you like. Um, and then, and then probably the other thing too is, it, and it all comes back down to ball movement as well. How, how you actually defend the ball movement and how you actually move the ball yourself. If you can't defend it, you're in trouble, and if you can't move it, you're in you're in significant trouble as well. So, um, it, it, everything else in terms of you know contested possessions, the clearances, the inside fifty numbers, and all that sort of stuff, that tells you um, a story enough, if you like. But the real in-depth story is okay. What sort of return are you getting from um, are you getting from those raw numbers, if you like? Mm. Is there a team, and and you look at the teams as you do everything, but you look at where the teams rank. A lot of teams try and copy each other, to use the most simplistic term, or, or copy aspects of successful teams. Is there a team out there, a coach, that you admire from what you've seen in the numbers that's doing it their own way and? And that's to be admired. I'm pretty simple to copy someone, but to do it your own way, like Clarko's done and, and Hardwick in yeah. his own way and Geelong, is there someone that's trying to do it their own way? I think um, I think the one that really stands out in our mind um, in recent times was Adam Simpson in 2018. Um, you know, all, all the rage after Hall, after Richmond won that 27th premiership was, you know, with those small forwards, high pressure, quick game style was, you know, is, is that the way that the game's going? And and Simpson just, you know, it looked like from our end that Simpson implemented a, a game style that actually suited his list with the tools that, you know, that will play a kick mark game as opposed to the, you know, chaotic, frenzy Richmond style, if you like, and that one on the flag. And I think, I think, you know, looking at it, you know, for a number of years now, the the key is really is just implementing a style that suits your list, not 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 implementing a style that that the rest of the of the competition are implementing, but you might not have the list to be able to do that. So, um, I, you know, I think if you look at Port Adelaide, but they keep it really simple with you know a really strong stoppage contest game that suits those individuals of Rockliffe and Boak and all these guys as well. Richmond play you know a, a quick game that obviously suits their list. The dogs are, are are really different to what the competition is doing in terms of you know that high kick marking game. They like to flick the footy around by hand, take the game on, be really aggressive in their approach. So. 
Um, I, I think the key is, um, you know, with everything, is just implementing a style that suits your list. If you do that, I think um, I think that there's no right or wrong. So with these, before we let you go, with the individual ratings, as you said, you know, everyone will do their top 50s and there'll be lists, lists left, right and centre. From your rankings, who's the number one player in the game? Oh, I think that you can't go past Dusty um, mm. at the moment, and 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 for us, you know, for us, we've got Nick Natanui number one, um, and Dusty uh, number two or number three um, at the moment. Obviously, Dusty's finals record through the roof, um, yeah. but yeah, I, I think it's, I think, I think for impact on matches, I think that you probably can't go past those two, Dusty and Nick Nat. So, so Natanui's number number one, and and I I think that's a bit about right. I think I thought his impact. The way that he plays, the weapon he is at centre bounce. He had an extraordinary year last year, but so so your figures would say that he'll come out as the most important player in the game. Yeah, he he'll come out um, he'll come out as having um, the most impact um, mm. on matches, if you like. Um, and and Dusty, I think Dusty comes out number two or number three, and then Christian Petraka from last year is going to be up there um, as well. Um, so and yeah, like, and these. Um, as we said before, you know these ratings are purely yeah. you know, basing um, you know, on impact, not necessarily you know, the amount of ball that you win. There's a lot of players out there that that win you know, 25, 30 disposals that aren't actually rated highly um, in this system because of the impact that they have with those possessions. Whereas you know, Nick Nat only has his eight, nine, ten, but uh, you know, I think everyone agrees that the impact that he has on matches is um, is probably number one, or or if not, you know, certainly top five in the competition. Good. Good on you, mate. Busy period for, for all of you and your colleagues at Champion Data. We, we really appreciate you coming on and, and you giving us your time this morning. No, no worries at all. There you have it. Daniel Hoyne from Champion Data. And I'm clearer now. Um, I'm... It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.